Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life with a focus on holistic and natural healing. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Thank you for joining us. Now let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Today we are continuing our discussion on the restoring human diet. So two weeks ago, last time we talked all about animal foods and really broke down the details and what um, Dr. Alex recommends. And then today we're going to dive deeper into the plant food category. But before we jump into just listing off the foods that are recommended, Dr. Alex wants to talk a little bit about some of the research that he's done. So do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I wanted to just um, give people some resources that they could check out on their own of just stuff that I've read in my past to kind of come to the conclusions that I have about nutrition, specifically diet. I know we, we said last time that I... Uh, really started with just real food, just kind of learning what real food was. And, and then I just implemented that into my life, right? I was um, sick at the time and I used that to, to get healthy. And then I went on kind of my own journey of figuring out, okay, I did this, but you know, really, why did it work? Why is this the, the best way to eat? So right. some resources um, that I wanted to recommend to people. Um, the first one would be a website. Um, and this is, you can look at, of course, I'm, I'm talking specifically about diet nutrition, but really anything health, um, drjockers.com is a great uh, resource. Um, so that's J-O-C-K-E-R-S. Um, this is Dr. David Jockers. He's actually a friend of mine from my past. Um, we both were in the same um, chiropractic organization together. So kind of learned the same things from that organization. And then he um, just kind of started doing his own stuff. Basically the same thing that I'm talking about today, he's already done. He's years ahead of me and just kind of communicating it to people. So yeah. he, he's a great resource. Um, somebody that I know what he's learned in his past and then how he's helped patients with it because he right. did it in a similar way that, that I've done with my people. So that's somebody I trust back to the whole internet thing of who do you trust on the internet? Totally. He's somebody definitely, but he has um, a great article on just what he calls uh, the anti-inflammatory diet. So I would say when you're thinking about what type of diet you should be doing, regardless of what, what your state of health is, avoiding foods that are going to inflame you is, is kind of foundation, right? That's, that's a number one step. Right. Even if you don't have inflammation, like yeah. problems, you right. should still, right. yeah. Right. Because, you know, when we think about, and we've went through this whole series on inflammation, we think about, okay, I, I'm going to feel inflammation, but that's not always the case. Your body could be significantly inflamed and you might just have migraines, you know, like twice a month or something. Right. You don't, you don't relate that back to inflammation. It's hard to connect that. Yeah. You could have eczema, right? Mm -hmm. You could have, you know, just even gum inflammation that you think, oh, it's just because I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. No, it's because your body is inflamed and that's just how it's manifesting, you know, symptomatically. So just staying away from foods that are going to inflame your body. So that's just a great resource to read that um, article on the anti-inflammatory diet. And then another one, so this book here that I have is called Live Beyond Organic. This is a, a book written by Jordan Rubin, who I mentioned in the previous, I believe the previous episode. Um, this is where he just kind of gives his philosophy on nutrition. Um, I mentioned a, another book that he wrote called The Maker's Diet. That's what he used to get himself healthy. He had Crohn's disease. Um, 
I think in, in, in his testimony, he said he went to over 70 doctors across the world. Wow. Um, and because he, he basically was just melting away, he was malnourished. He wasn't absorbing anything. And his body was just wasting away. He found this doctor that put him on what the guy called the maker's diet. Um, and he got healthy. And then now he's just kind of dedicated his life to helping people with food. But this is, it's just an amazing book. It's, it's easy to read. Um, it's just going to give you the foundation of kind of the way that you should be, should be eating. Another one's called The Big Fat Surprise. Um, this is written by Nina Tykoltz. Um, the, the subtitle or whatever is said, Why Butter, Meat, and Cheese Belong in a Healthy Diet. Oh, that, so. that definitely could catch some <laughs> attention. So she uh, is a, a journalist, and she just went around and researched kind of previous um, research studies on why, you know, meat is bad, why dairy is bad, why all the, you know, the whole high fat thing is bad and how it causes heart disease and stuff like that. And she actually dove into the research and what it shows. And, and then she wrote about kind of how there's a lot of scandals within that um, research and um, basically big food, wanting you to eat specific food. So then they pay for this research that shows that other food they don't want you to eat is, is bad for your health. Um, so yeah, this is just a great, if, especially if you like research and want to know why you're why something is right um she does a good job of just referencing everything so plus you know you get to eat butter and stuff after you <laughs> <eat that. laughs> right. and then um another one that i don't have is called deep nutrition um i'm trying to remember the doctor's name kate um shanahan kate shanahan she's um i believe a naturopath maybe she's an md but with a focus on, you know, kind of functional health, functional medicine stuff. She works with the Los Angeles Lakers, um, just kind of being their nutritionist. Um, so she's worked with high-level athletes um, all the way, of course, down to inner inner clinic with people that are sick. Um, that's an amazing book. She kind of dives into what she believes are the, f I think it's the four things that all humans, regardless of what diet you're going to be on, these are the four things that should be eaten by human beings. Um, just makes a good argument for why that's the way that you should eat. And this one that I have is really where I got these categories that we're going to talk about today um, as far as fatty fruits, leaves, flowers, those type of things. It's called the dental diet. This is written by Dr. Stephen Lynn. Um, he basically took Weston A. Price, who's a, um, a dentist. I don't, I don't remember, when, remember when. I think it was like 1930s, 1940s, something like that. He basically went around the world, and he wanted to know why kids in Africa, kids in, in South Africa, even kids in um, South America, why their teeth were so good. And especially some of these places are like third world. Um, he wanted to know why they were, uh, had amazing teeth. And then he, he said, okay, these people have amazing teeth. What, how is their health? And he would see that they had awesome health. It as correlates. Well. Yeah. So he wanted to figure out why. So he dove into, okay, what are these people eating and found um, just really some specific nutrients vitamin D, vitamin K, vitamin A, eat all those things, fat-soluble vitamins, basically. Um, if they were getting these nutrients in their diet, then, then they were going to be healthy people along with healthy teeth, and they didn't need dentists, you know, and he was a dentist. So this guy kind of took that and um, labeled it as his own mm -hmm. dental diet. So those are some good resources awesome. for people just if they want to kind of dive into more than we'll what post, we're able to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll post those on our Instagram and our Facebook group. If you didn't catch the title or the author, well, it'll be listed there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, all right. Do you want to dive into just talking about the plant foods that you recommend, starting yep. with fatty fruits? Yeah. So I have these really in, uh, it's not exactly like best to worst, 
but it is somewhat that when I'm um, listing these these types of plant foods out, I'm thinking if I had if people were only going to eat certain plant foods and there was no specific sensitivities or, or intolerances to any of them, which ones would I want people to eat? Um, so the first one I have on here is fatty fruits. What I mean by that is it's avocados, olives, coconut, things like palm, cacao. Um, so that's chocolate, what we get chocolate from. Um, these are just high-fat, nutrient-dense, low-carbohydrate foods. So one of the principles that I teach with nutrition is you want most people, and, and I say all human beings could be have some version of this, is their diet should be higher in fat, moderate in protein, and, and lower in carbohydrate. Um, back to the whole insulin resistance talk, we want to be metabolically flexible, meaning we want to be able to burn fat for energy and we want to be able to burn sugar for energy when it's the right time to do those things. So if we're always eating a high carbohydrate diet, um, specifically if it's high refined carbohydrates, processed foods, then we're going to lose that ability to burn fat for energy when we need to and we're going to be we're going to be obligated to burn um, carbohydrates or and sugar. To crave more carbohydrates too. Right, because yeah. when you can only burn sugar for energy, that's what your body says. Okay, I don't have a, any ability to burn anything else, so give me more sugar, and you're gonna, it's going to require you to eat more carbohydrates. So that's not like just a willpower thing that I just love cookies, so I eat them. Well, it's your body saying, I need to survive, so give me more carbohydrate. Right. So fatty fruits, as long as you are working on other things to make your body more metabolically flexible, we want to give it good, healthy fat to be able to utilize for, for energy. Um, and plus these things, uh, especially if you're coming off standard American diet to a healthier diet, these things can be, they're just versatile. Like you can use avocados a ton of different ways to even make desserts and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people don't like olives, but olives are an amazing food. Um, it's just like a fat bomb, basically. You can get a lot of good quality fat with those things. Coconut, of course, there's a, a big just lateral shift from dairy products if you can't have dairy. Um, or if you're trying to get more plant foods in your diet as opposed to animal foods, then, you know, there's coconut ice cream. There's coconut yogurt. There's coconut butter. There's coconut really everything. Yeah, there is. Um, coconut flour yep. you can use. Mm -hmm. So. And then also, these are the things that, um, because they're high in fat, when they are processed into an oil, these are still, they're still going to be more of a real food than if you're trying to get oil out of corn that's not high in fat, right? Right. Or a vegetable that's not high in fat, cotton seed that's not high in fat. These are actually higher in fat, so the processing isn't going to be, isn't going to require a bunch of chemicals and stuff to try to get an oil out of it. So that's when avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, palm oil, all these things are great oils to be cooking with. And that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. Like yep. Mm -hmm. And they're more like filling. Like they just make you feel full longer yeah. when you're, if you're right. trying to come off that standard American diet, that can be something that Absolutely. people might struggle with. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the next one is leaves. Um, so these are just basically your greens. These are what most people know that they're supposed to be eating. Um, so that's spinach, chard, um, any sort of lettuce, cabbage would even fall under this category. Um, just trying to get greens in your diet is, is, is really important. Um, if, especially kids, you know, kids probably aren't going to eat spinach. They're probably not going to eat salads and stuff like that very often. So this is an easy one that any sort of smoothie you make, just figure out a way to put some sort of green in there, right? Whether it's spinach or chard, um, any sort of lettuce can go in there. Kale can go in there. 
Um, I'd argue like anything you cook in general, you can just add like a handful of spinach, anything. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So high in nutrients, um, like magnesium, um, huge for, um, so vitamin spinach and and other greens have a lot of vitamin K. So now there's two different types of vitamin K, which we don't have to get into, but you can get one of them from animal products like dairy products higher in in vitamin K2, but then kind of vitamin K1 you can get from these greens. So you want both of them. So getting a lot of greens in your diet, back to that Western A price conversation of you found that fat soluble vitamins were the ones that people really needed to be healthy. You can get those out of um, spinach. So now if you're mixing, so when you're used, you mentioned throwing greens in with uh, anything, if you're cooking things, right, you're cooking avocado and cooking avocado oil or coconut oil, olive oil and stuff like that, and you're adding greens to it, then now you have the fat to kind of carry those nutrients in with the, the greens. So you're going to be able to absorb those those things better too. So Perfect. And then flowers. This would be um, broccoli, cauliflower, artichoke, things like that. So, so this gets into the whole conversation of, and really any plant can get into this conversation, but broccoli, um, so that they're from the, what's called the cruciferous family. Um, the whole carnivore conversation of these guys saying that you should only eat animal products, specifically meat, because plants have um, chemicals or what they call anti-nutrients in them to defend themselves. So they don't want to be eaten. Some plants don't want to be eaten. So they have these chemicals that if things in nature eat them, then the, the animal or whatever is supposed to say, okay, I don't want to eat that anymore, whether it got sick or tastes bad or whatever it may be. Um, so broccoli has high levels of those. So these are, this would be one of the main things that like a carnivore person would say you shouldn't shouldn't eat. But another way of looking at it, and I think the way you should look at it, is I, I would be on board with not having a, a majority of your diet made up with cruciferous vegetables. But there's there's too much research on the things that are found in these cruciferous vegetables being beneficial for people. So it gets back to this concept of what's called hormesis. So hormesis means you give yourself enough of something so that your body's challenged by it. So in the the short term, it is harmful to your body. But why it's beneficial on the other end is because your body comes up against that challenge and then then it responds to it, it adapts, and then now it's better on the other side. So an easy explanation of that is lifting weights, right? So I'm going to go and do a bicep curls. When I'm doing that actual lift, I'm tearing my muscle down, right? So everybody would agree that that's bad. But then what the body does is it responds to that muscle being tore down and then it rebuilds and repairs and now now your muscle's stronger. Same thing, the concept with these type of foods is yes, they have these chemicals that could potentially be harmful to the body, but the body takes them in and responds and then uses them for, for good. So that's why I would be, I wouldn't agree with the the uh, carnivore people and say that these are always bad. I think they definitely can be can be good and helpful for the body. So are you saying like the more broccoli and cauliflower you eat, the better over time, like the better your body will be able to utilize the nutrients from? Those yeah, things? I mean, I can't say for sure that 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 is um, the way that it works, but that's typically how hormesis works. You know, like. To get back to the example of lifting weights, the more you lift weights, the better you're going to, the stronger you're going to get. Why? Because your body is always being challenged and then it got better and then you have to challenge it again to get better. So that's, that's kind of the concept that's happening with these sort of things, the chemicals. For those, does it make a difference if it's raw versus cooked in like the anti-nutrient? Yeah. So a lot of these anti-nutrients, um, 
so there's we'll get into when we get to like um beans and, and nuts and stuff there's something called a lectin which is one of the more popular anti-nutrients um that can be really inflammatory can be harmful to the body but if you cook them in a certain way but any cooking is going to lower the content of these anti-nutrients so yeah you would be um now the people that are like there's a bunch of nutrition in these vegetables when you cook them if you cook them too much, then you're actually cooking all of the nutrition out of them. Right. So that's something that you want to be watching too. But okay. I I think um, I've always went back and forth with yeah you should eat everything you should eat everything raw that's when it's going to have the most nutrients in it, and then I've went to no you shouldn't eat anything raw because you that has a bunch it. of these anti nutrients mm-hmm. in it. So I I don't th- I think cooking but lightly cooking is is always the best. But then there's, you know, it gets complex of, I also want you to enjoy your food. So if you don't enjoy things that are raw, then cook them and get them, get some nutrition out of them right. instead of not eating them, not getting any nutrition out of them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Stems and shoots. This is like asparagus, um, celery. Uh, I don't think there's too much to say about that. You know, it's kind of in the middle of the pack. There's are, these are things that def- definitely can be in your diet. I think if you enjoy them, definitely be in your diet, but they're not necessarily necessary I guess <laughs> yeah to, to have there uh low so this is the first fruit that we get to so these are low sugar fruit so it's actually a fruit uh, primarily because of the seed content how many seeds are in them um but they're not high in, in any of the sugar so it's not like these are going to be a super big problem for people who have insulin resistance and stuff like that um so these would be peppers you know like the sweet peppers green peppers yellow peppers all that tomatoes cucumbers zucchini so the problem here, so this is where the like the lectin thing that I mentioned comes in that the seeds in the rind have a lot of that in it. So um, there's a guy, what is his name? Oh, I'm not going to remember. He's not even going to remember his book. That'll have to have be on another episode. <laughs> um, but he has all these YouTube videos. He's written a bunch of books. He's an MD and he says to like tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers are the worst foods on the planet that you can eat because of the lectins. Um, and he has a specific diet that he puts people on. Um, and then he just takes them off of tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchini and a bunch of plants that have all these seeds and stuff in them. He says, if you're going to eat them, then you want to de-seed them and take the skin off of them and stuff that and wow. anything that's going to have a high level of lectins in him, um, it's going to be a problem. And some people are, have, you know, especially autoimmunity, people with already gut inflammation, Lectins are going to be a huge problem, um, but generally these are going to be these are going to be fine foods for for you to eat. Mm-hmm. Bulbs that's like onions and garlic and leeks and chives. Um, those are they're not they don't have a ton of nutrition in them, but they're just they're just things that you can be adding to you know meals uh, recipes that you mm-hmm. have. So definitely get them in. Um, they have a lot of um, immune system properties. So things like garlic and, and onions are really helpful for for your immune system, especially mm-hmm. the onions have. What are, what's called quercetin in them. It's an anti-inflammatory, um, antihistamine. So things that, you know, if you're taking antihistamines for your allergies, well, quercetin is kind of a lateral shift to a more natural form of antihistamine. So you can just take quercetin in supplement form. Things like onions have a lot of quercetin in them. Um, so another reason to just be eating onions. Mm-hmm. Roots, um, carrots, beets, radishes, also um, helpful. They are... Um, high in nutrition they they actually are a little bit higher in sugar so i used to when i when i would work with somebody with insulin resistance i would even take them off of these and i sometimes still will depending on a person's at um, because they can also just have too much um, basically 
sugar to fiber content. Now these have more fiber than something like, you know, a, a banana or an apple or something like that, but still mm -hmm. can be a problem for people. Tubers, sweet potatoes, potatoes. Um, these would, I think should be part of a healthy diet, especially for somebody that doesn't have a bunch of significant health issues. Um, it is one of the things that I kind of take away from people if they do have, you know, blood sugar problems or even autoimmunity. Sure. Um, but, um, Lots just the starchiness and yeah. could spike yep. the blood sugar. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then now we get to like seeds. Um, and then what I have is nuts and seeds. So what I mean by seeds, that's more like beans, corn, peas, lentils, those type of things. Again, high in lectins. Um, but beans have protein. They have um, ca carbohydrates. So they're going to have a lot of nutrients in them. Beans are a big shi lateral shift if you're coming off of animal products, trying to eat a lot less animal products. They can kind of be a substitute for animal products just to get the higher levels of, of protein in them. So, And I enjoy beans. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't like taking those out of people's diets. Um, one way of helping with the lectin thing is if you can get a pressure cooker. Um, so like the Instapot things, they and cook them in that, then that takes the majority of the lectins out. So you can still eat beans by cooking them that way. Mm -hmm. So that's something mm -hmm. I always recommend to people if they like, if they enjoy eating those things. And then nuts and seeds. So almonds, cashews, walnuts, all these, these things. If you're um, a millionaire, you can buy pine nuts. Those <laughs> Have you ever bought pine nuts? No, are they expensive? Super expensive, yeah. I've never even thought pine about nuts, it. macadamia nuts, those are really, really expensive oh, nuts. Oh, I, I think I've bought macadamia nuts before. But yeah. they're, these are all great things. Again, snacks. Yeah. Um, these are just a way of getting protein, fat, and carbohydrates all mm -hmm. in your diet. Mm -hmm. um, but some people have, of course, uh, nuts, tree nuts. A lot of people even have um, significant allergies too, so you just got to be careful there. But if you don't have any of that, these definitely should be lot of your part of your diet also something that can be used to kind of move away from dairy if you have issues with dairy right so the almond milks the yes almond. and is it helpful to look for like sprouted varieties of these things because I, I have a giant bag of sprouted pumpkin seeds it's yeah. really good yeah <laughs> yeah so there's always th things that that can improve this so the sprouting is also something that takes away a lot of the anti-nutrients from from these foods um so if you look at like we did with dairy of you know raw milk versus you know just standard skim milk it has a ton of processing well when we say nuts you know if you're eating honey roasted you know almonds something like that then you've roasted the almond and the problem there is these fats are going to have unsaturated fat in them and why that's a problem is because it, they're just susceptible to it being damaged and becoming a bad fat so you can take a like the omega-6 fatty acid that's found in almonds and it can just go rancid um, or oxidize easy. So then now you're eating an oxidized fat, which is the whole thing that leads to heart disease and stuff. So, And a lot of times they're roasted in like canola oil or peanut yeah, oil and that kind of thing. So you've got to watch there. out for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course they're adding a probably a bunch of sugar and stuff. With yeah. That, all that. So yeah, yeah just be sure. careful there. So raw is going to be best. Roasted's not um, significant as long as it's not in that a ton of uh, oil. That that's going to be uh, uh, you know significantly bad for you. So, but sprouted is great if you can find them sprouted. Mm -hmm. That's that just kind of brings out the nutrition and gets rid of some of the the anti nutrition. Moderate sugar fruits. So this is berries, kiwi, grapefruit, lemons, limes, pears. Um, when I would put people on 
well, I used to call this the advanced plan. This is from that organization I was with called Maximize Living. They had the core plan, the advanced plan, and the people that had significant blood sugar issues or insulin resistance, they would be put on the advanced plan, and that's where they would cut out anything that would raise your blood sugar. And the only thing that really wouldn't, um, as far as uh, sh fruits, were these high sh or these moderate sugar fruits. So it was just berries and Granny Smith apples, which I don't think I have on that list, but mm, mm -hmm. and then lemons and limes. Yeah. So here I've added kiwi, grapefruit, just because that's in this dental diet. He's he classifies those as moderate sugar fruits. Um, so I would rather people eat those things and, and lessen the amount that I'm taking away from people. So I added those to the moderate yeah, sugar that's fruits. Good. Mm -hmm. But lots of antioxidants in these foods, um, lots of minerals, lots of vitamins. So these are these are good fruits. Um, and high sugar fruits, these are really any other fruit that wasn't under the low sugar, moderate sugar. So I just have grapes, cherries, pineapples, lemons, or melons, um, dates, thing, things like that. One of the first things that I take away from people, because so this, we went through this whole list and you, you haven't heard one processed food, right? So when you're given this list from me as a client, you're, you're, it's the assumption is I'm not going to eat processed foods, right? right? So I didn't put on here processed foods and then put them in red telling them not to eat them. Right. It's, it's the assumption is not. So, but the first thing on this list, if somebody has the insulin resistance, blood sugar issue problem, even like, um, stress induced stuff. So like, uh, adrenal fatigue type things, I'm taking them off the high sugar fruits. So they're, even though these are real foods, foods that people should typically be able to eat, they're going to spike blood sugar, okay. spike insulin. So mm -hmm. I'm taking them, take them off that. Mm -hmm. Now the big one. Yep. Grains. So yeah. wheat, barley, rye, those are the gluten-containing grains. Um, I have them on this list because I would love for people to be able to eat these things, but those are – I'm typically never giving somebody this list, and I don't have those in red. Oh, and red means don't eat it. Red <laughs> means you got to avoid it. Yep. Yeah. And then there's rice, oatmeal, um, millet, things like that, kind of the what they call the ancient grains. Those are yep. millet, quinoa, buckwheat, um, amaranth. I actually have, of all the foods that I've ever thought I had an issue with, millet is the number one thing that causes me like instant problems. Hmm, crazy, interesting. Which I don't know where where that came from right. and why, <laughs> but if I eat something with millet in it, um, I just inflame almost immediately. Huh. So yeah. So, um, but they, they obviously like quinoa, especially some oatmeal, like they have really beneficial nutrients, which is why you're saying you wish people could eat them, but it's just that people's bodies can't break yeah. them down or yeah so there's a, a number of different things that come into so i believe that these are real foods i believe these are foods that people have eaten for thousands of years again these some of these are called ancient grains right there's there's been civilizations that they primarily survive off of these foods right it's kind of what kept their civilization going of harvesting these or growing these foods harvesting these foods eating these foods of course so I, I'm never going to say that these are foods that people shouldn't eat like a paleo diet person, like a strong paleo diet person would say. I believe they should, but because of industrialization, the way that we grow the plants now, combined with standard American diet, chemicals, stress, sleeping bad, not exercising, equals inflamed state, and then now anything that potentially could cause inflammation because of the way that it's grown or processed altered in any way you bring those two things together then that just equals more inflammation right so you can either find these foods in a better state right somebody who's grown them organically in the right way or come into eating these in an anti-inflamed state right and then so if you're both of those things then you should be able to thrive on these foods 
you at least got to be one of them if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna have them, right? You at least got to get them in their best source, or you got to be really, you know, not inflamed. Right. So, and there's just you know this is where all the baked goods and stuff come from. Right? Oh so yes, <laughs> my husband's favorite food is white rice, so we've okay. really been working on weaning him off of that. Sure, sure. And again, but rice can be part of definitely a healthy diet, you know, just especially if people are, so you see on this particular example, I have rice and black, yeah, rice and quinoa and black and all the r- other um, grains in red. So I wanted them to really go grain free, but this person really liked to eat grains. So I gave them rice and I gave them quinoa. Those are kind of the least of the, the problematic foods for mm-hmm. these people. So, And rice, we probably would recommend like wild rice or brown rice as opposed to white rice. I've went back and forth on that really? because of the whole anti-nutrient thing. So I believe that the, 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 like the brown rice, the long grain wild rice are going to have more, has more nutrition but this, that goes to the anti-nutrients. It's also going to have anti- more anti-nutrients. Got it. So okay. the white rice doesn't have as much nutrition, but it's also not going to have as much anti-nutrients. So especially people who have inflamed guts, sensitive guts, they're going to do better with the white rice as opposed to the other ones because of the anti-nutrient content. Jason will be happy to hear that one. <laughs> and then I have er- you know herbs and, and spices. I just wanted to make sure. So a lot of these things are healing, um, you know, things like basil, thyme, oregano, your curcumin would fall in in this. Um, Sea salt is a huge one, um, especially because, you know, most people have been told salt is bad um, for blood pressure and heart issues, and that's not true. Um, Sea salt is extremely healthy for you, especially if you're getting good quality um, source. So Redmond real salt is the one that I'm typically recommending to people. A ton of minerals and just makes your food taste better. So Mm -hmm. People are probably getting the over- high salt content just from all the processed foods, right? right? Like, so if you're not eating processed foods, feel free to salt it. Right, right, right. Yep. So you want the the minerals, you know, in their kind of full profile, which comes, that comes with sea salt, where you're, if you're eating just table salt, which is what they're, you know, putting on food, processed food, that's just sodium and chloride. So you're just going to get too much of that, not enough of the other minerals, and that can be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I hope that this was super interesting to you guys. This was really fun for us to talk through. So let us know if you have feedback or if you have questions and be sure to follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook community. We hope this was a blessing to you and we will talk to you next time. Bye.